section ninety two of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume thirteen the united states edited by eva march tappan section ninety two what the indians thought of the white men by george bird grinnell knowledge of the white man came to the different tribes of the west at different times but a century ago most of them knew little of him and there are many tribes which have had a real intercourse with the whites for a still shorter time long before this the spaniards in the southwest and on the pacific coast had made their presence felt but the indians usually do not consider that spaniards are of the same race with the people of european origin who came to them from the east and often they have a special name for them even after the indians had learned of the existence of the white people they did not at once come into contact with them it was often quite a long time before they even began to trade with them and when they did so it was in a very small way the first articles traded for were arms beads blankets and the gaudy finery that the savage loves horses which transformed the indian from a mild and peaceful seeker after food to a warrior and a raider were by many tribes first obtained not directly from the whites but by barter from those of their own race most tribes still preserve traditions of the time when they first met the white men as well as of the time when they first saw horses but in many cases this was so long ago that all details of the occurrence have been lost it is certain that the spaniards and their horses had worked their way up the pacific slope into oregon and washington long before there was any considerable influx of white trappers into the plains country and the rocky mountains and that of the western tribes those which in miles were farthest from mexico were the last to learn of the whites and their wonderful powers one of these peoples was the blackfeet of whom i have been told by men still living in the tribe that fifty years ago no blackfoot could count up to ten and that a little earlier the number of horses in all three tribes of that confederation was very small then they had but few guns and many of them even used still the stone arrowheads and hatchets and the bone knives of their primitive ancestors a people whose intercourse with the whites has been so short and until recent times so limited ought to retain some detailed account of their earliest meeting with civilized men and such a tradition has come to me from john monroe a half-breed pigeon now nearly seventy years old it tells of the first time the blackfeet saw white people a party of traders from the east either frenchmen from montreal or one of the very earliest parties of hudson bay men which ascended the saskatchewan river john monroe first heard the narrative when a boy from a blood indian named satani 
who was then an old man and Satani's grandfather was one of the party who met the white people the occurrence probably took place during the latter half of the eighteenth century when this people lived in the north a party of the blackfeet started out to war they travelled on always going southward until they came to a big water while passing through a belt of timber on the north bank of this river they came upon what they took for strange beaver work where these animals had been cutting down the trees but on looking closely at the cuttings they saw that the chips were so large that it must have been an animal much bigger than a beaver that could open its mouth wide enough to cut such chips they did not understand what this could be for none of them had ever seen anything like it before each man expressed his mind about this and at last they concluded that some great underwater animal must have done it at one place they saw that the trunk of a tree was missing and found the trail over the ground where it had been dragged away from the stump they followed this trail so as to see where the animals had taken the log and what they had done with it and as they went on they found many other small trails like this one all leading into one larger main trail they then saw the footprints of persons but they were prints of a foot shaped differently from theirs there was a deep mark at the heel the tracks were not flat like those made by people they followed the trail which kept getting larger and wider as it went every little while another trail joined it when they came to where they could look through the timber they saw before them a little open spot on the bank of the river they looked through the underbrush and saw what they at first thought were bears and afterward took to be persons lifting logs and putting them up in a large pile they crept closer to where they could see better and then concluded that these were not people they were very woolly on the face long masses of hair hung down from their chins they were not clothed wore no robes the blackfeet said why they have nothing on they are naked some of them said those are suyatupi water people they stole around to another point of the timber still nearer where they could see better there they came close to one of these people alone he was gathering sticks and putting them in a pile they saw that the skin of his hands and face was white this one had no hair on his face so they said well this must be a she-water animal the he ones have hair in the face and the she ones do not the oldest man of the party then said we had better go away maybe they will smell us or feel us here and perhaps they will kill us or do something fearful let us go so they went away when they got back to their camp they told what they had seen that to the south they had found animals that were very much like people water animals they said that these animals were naked that some of them had red bodies footnote wore red shirts end of footnote and some were black all over except a red mark around the bodies and a fine red tail footnote the red sash worn by the old hudson's bay men End of footnote. moreover these people wore no robes or leggings and no breech clouts this description caused a great excitement in the camp some thought that the strange beings were water animals and others that they were of new people all the men of the camp started south to see what this could be before they left the camp the headman told them to be very careful in dealing with the animals not to interfere with them nor to get in their way and not to try to hurt them 
nor to anger them the party started and when they reached the opening the animals were still there at work after they had watched them for some time the head man of the party said to the others all you stay here and i will go down to them alone if they do nothing to me you wait here but if they attack or hurt me you rush on them and we will fight hard and try not to let them capture any of us the man started and when he came close to the corner of the houses he stood still one of the men who was working near by walked up to him looked him straight in the face and stretched out his arm the indian looked at him and did not know what he wanted some more of the men came up to him and the indian saw that all of them were persons like himself except that they were of a different color and had a different voice the hair on their faces was fair when the other indians saw that no harm had been done to their leader some of them went down to him one by one and by twos and threes but most of the party remained hidden in the timber they were still afraid of these strange new beings the whites spoke to them and asked them to come into the house making motions to them but the indians did not understand what was meant by these signs the whites would walk away and then come back and take hold of the indians robes and pull them at last some of the black feet followed the white men into the house those who had gone in came back and told the others strange stories of the wonderful things they had seen in this house as they gained confidence many others went in while still others would not go in nor would they go close to the new people the whites showed them a long and curious-looking piece of wood they did not know of what kind of stone one part of it was made it was hard and black the white man took down from the wall a white cow's horn and poured out some black sand into his hand and poured it down into a hole in this long stick then he took a little bunch of grass and pushed this into the hole with another stick and measured with his fingers the length of the stick left out of the hole then he took a round thing out of a bag and put it into the hole and put down some more fine grass then he poured out some more of the black sand into the side of the stick the indians stood around taking great interest in the way the man was handling the stick the white man now began to make all kinds of signs to the indians which they did not understand sometimes he would make a big sound with his mouth and then point to the stick he would put the stick to his shoulder holding it out in front of him and make a great many motions then he gave it to one of the indians he showed him the underparts and put his finger there the indian touched the underpart and the stick went off in the air and made a thundering sound a terrible crash the indian staggered back and the others were very much scared some dropped to the ground while all the whites laughed and shook their heads at them all laughed and made many signs to the black feet none of which they understood the white man took down the horn of black sand and again did these things to the stick but this time the indians all stood back they were afraid when he had finished the motions the white man invited them out of doors then he sat down and took aim at a log lying on the ground the same great thunder sounded he walked up to the log showed the bullet hole and pushed a little stick into it then he loaded the gun again by this time the indians were beginning to understand the power of the stick after the white men had loaded it he handed the gun to the indian took him close to the log showed him how to aim the gun and how to pull the trigger the indian fired and hit the log the white men showed these black feet their knives whittling sticks with them and showing them how well they could cut the indians were very much delighted with the power of these knives then they saw a big woolly white man standing out in front of the house 
and he with his axe would cut a big log in two in only a short time all these things were very strange to them the white men looked closely at the black feet wore dresses and arms and wanted them and gave their visitors some knives and copper cups for their dresses and the skins that they wore the visitors stayed with the white men some days camping near by they kept wondering at these people at how they looked the things which they had and what they did the white men kept making signs to them but they understood nothing of it all after a time the blackfeet returned to their camp afterward many others visited the whites and this was the beginning of a friendly intercourse between the two peoples after a time they came to understand each other a little and trade relations were opened the indians learned that they could get the white man's things in exchange for the skins of small animals and they began to trade and to get guns it was when they got these arms that they first began to take courage and to go out of the timber on to the prairie toward the mountains End of section ninety two this recording is in the public domain